It's time now to return to Sector 5 with Chief Security Officer Dickie Shannon. Well, thank you very much, Moira. We appreciate that. You're uh, right where all the weird stuff happens. The supernatural, the, the paranormal, alien activity, sci-fi, fantasy, authors, books, movies, comics, graphic novels, everything that we can consider all-time geeky stuff tonight. And every week on Sector 5 Radio. Don't forget about Sector 5 Radio at Facebook at Sector5Radio.com, our website, too. Uh, a lady just stepped into the studio. Who is that? Who's that the Isley Brothers uh, for stopping in tonight. Uh, Jolita Clegg is the lady. Uh, she says officially in her bio tonight that she was born some time ago. And I don't, I don't know how to take that. I, she looks like she's only about, oh, 26. But she said... Somebody chuckling over there? She says she has a horde of kids. That's, I'm just reading from the list. How many... What's the body count? Eight. Uh, <laughs> last time I checked. There's, it's not possible that you had eight children. There's no way. All righty. Okay. She's a fan of classic sci-fi books, campy movies. That's why I took out my movie cards. I have these lobby cards mounted. I just haven't hung them in my, my new office here yet. They've just been sitting around, so I got to kind of drag them in here. Very first sci-fi movie I ever saw, which really wasn't really campy B-movie. It was really a major motion picture. It was For- Forbidden Planet. That was the first one I ever, ever, ever saw. Uh, it scared me. To, I mean, really, I had nightmares. Uh, she has a collection of uh, sci-fi movies, only rivaled by her CD collection of polka, I, <laughs> opera, and Tell Irish folk songs. Polka. I'm gonna, gee whiz! I wish I bought my polka accordion album. music. I have accordion disco. You have accordion disco? Yes, I do. That's so cool. I have belly dancing music and Russian Cossack music. That's and- great. All sorts of entertaining things. Okay, that's great. So I want you to tell everybody, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to read your bio. That's stupid. I hate that. Uh, tell everybody about yourself. Tell a little bit about who you are, where you came from, what you do, stuff like that. Well, there let's see. I came from Venus some time ago. Oh, Venus. No. <laughs> okay. No, no know, I... somehow we believe that. <laughs> Paul is sitting I, there I've been accused of, of being an alien most of my life, yes. <laughs> Now, I grew up here in Utah and just <laughs> did not fit in. Yeah. I was into science and math and nerdy stuff before it was cool. Oh, nerdy stuff. So you were a geek girl. Totally. Uh, Utah's kind of like another planet, though, really, in a way. Well, yeah, but it's like the Molly <laughs> Mormon planet, and I'm not from there. And you're not from there. I okay. may cook and sew but and have lots of children, but I don't know oh. very many Relief Society sisters who make chilled monkey brains and <laughs> eyeball jello. Oh, oh, man. Oh, yeah. Okay. I guess it would, it could pass for the green jello. I like I like that idea better. You must be a hoot on Halloween. Are you a hoot on Halloween? Do you like I decorate the garage? I haven't been home the last two years on oh, Halloween. Oh, I've sorry. been at conventions. Oh really? Do you travel around to conventions? No. 
I'd love it to be my job, but I don't make enough money yet to do it. <laughs> okay. No, last year I went to the World Fantasy for Halloween. Oh, for that, I was at a middle school cool. convention checking out digital planetarium systems for work. And we're going to get to that. I'm, this is a, what she's just said for work. She's not going to go back to the convention thing before we get there. Have you? Because this is the one convention I've always wanted to go to, and I've never gone to, and I promised myself before I die to go to Comic-Con. Have you ever been to Comic-Con in San Diego? No. Before we die, the three of us are going to Comic-Con. We will make a pact. Do you want is, to seal it in blood? <laughs> no, I don't want any... Proton's blood just does not mix with my blood at all. I don't, I don't want to get anywhere near him. But you guys, I feel, I feel safe with you guys. I'm, no problem. He yeah. has no idea. Is it green? <laughs> so what, what is it? Is it something weird? I don't understand. Anyways, Jolita, so you've never been there. We're going to go there someday. Maybe we'll do like, uh, maybe we can write it off as a business expense and say Sacrify Radio. Totally. Of course. We're, we're writers. Guys, we can write it off. And you'll be like my reporters. You'll be in the field, so to speak. Done right, and you? done. I love that. That's great. Can I wear a Wonder Woman costume? Absolutely. The new one. <laughs> totally. The one with the tights. Uh, it's, it's, it's I don't do the, tights. It's not the dress thing anymore. Do you I'd see rather the do the bubble butt and the brass bra. <laughs> We Just do the TR. I love the Wonder Woman like show. Like bubble butt? I don't know. Uh, did you, have you seen the new outfit? Have you? I have. I'm not a big fan. It's you too like urban that. fantasy. It's yeah. It's too like like now. Like, yeah, I like, have like, Wonder Woman, the Linda Carter TV series, on DVD at my house. Okay. And we watch it. So you you guys know where Jolita is, you know, coming from now, right? She she has one. How many people? Raise your hands. Have Wonder Woman. The entire nobody's raising their I hands own in the, the studio. entire Buck Rogers DVD. Oh, now is that the 21st wow. century or the original Buck Rogers Black? That was and white? one late 70s with, yeah, Gil, with Gil Gerard. Gerard. Yeah, total hey, twiggy, disco. Twiggy, I love twiggy, it. Twiggy, twiggy, yeah, that was. Uh, you know what? That was one of the, the one of the big disappointments disappointments for me because I was really excited. I like the old Buck Rogers Buster Crab stuff, the cereals. I have all that too. That was great stuff. Yeah, I love that. And, and I Flash love Gordon. But I love I, uh, Commando Cody, the guy in the rocket suit. Mm-hmm. I mean, they make a big deal about people with you know like Iron Man flies around and stuff. Now it's like, hey, dude, they were doing this back in '45 when they and really the, were flying. When they really were flying, I believe that guy was flying. Through the hills of California, he was just zipping around, and, and he'd land on top of trucks that were moving and stuff. Wow. That was so cool. And of course, the bad guys had ray guns. Mm-hmm. You know, all he had was like a Smith and Wesson police special or something, and he'd fight them off. I always wanted uh. my own ray gun. <laughs> okay. Well, you're pretty close to it. I want you to tell everybody because you you have something to do with a, a wonderful lady named Krista McAuliffe. So tell us about it. Ah, my day job. Yeah, the real thing. I work at the Krista McAuliffe Space Education Center in Pleasant Grove. Mm-hmm. It's a very unique center. We're actually part of Alpine School District. Cool. So we claim we're educational. <laughs> we really are. Well, but I, we have I a lot of so. fun with it. Yeah, no, I thought so. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, I thought it was a cool place to go because you guys do, like, campouts and stuff. We run summer camps. We're in the middle of our summer camp season, and I'm their Klingon lunch lady. I run the kitchen for them. (laughs) And I'm not kidding about the Klingon part. That costume is coming out for the next camp. It's a camp for 15 to 17-year-olds, and for one of the meals, they're going to be served breakfast by one of the Klingons that they rescue as part of the storyline. 
I love that. Now the cool. We served albino gawk. For I want years. you to tell everybody uh, uh, about the uh, center because you have some. Don't you have some some sort of like um, what do you call it? Uh, motion ride or what is it? What's it referred to? What do you call we it? We have starship simulators. Simulators. But they're not thing. like an amusement park ride. A lot right. of people come expecting that. It's going to fly but around. But ours like. don't move. It doesn't have a set storyline. It's an interactive storytelling. Oh, okay. Simulation. I see. So. You become the crew of the starship. We will set up a cool. situation for you. It's up cool. to you to figure out how to resolve the situation, how to solve the problems that we set for you as part of the mission. Proton, get on deck. Kill them all. Kill them. <laughs> you will fail very quickly if you do that. <laughs> We're trying to teach kids that it isn't a video game and you don't just blow up whatever shows up. Wait, if I'm Captain there's some processes. Can't. I meet the alien. I can I only barely hear you. Man. What? This is mostly for say? ten to fourteen year olds. Say? We discourage onboard romance. Oh, it's only ten to fourteen. He's no, our, our private missions. Enough. Anyone ten and older can come. It's just right. the camps are usually limited to ten, fourteen year olds, and most of yeah. our school field trips are for fifth and sixth grades. So, so if I'm in the uh, Starship Simulator. Um, is there like a big movie screen or something, or am I just pushing buttons, or what's, we what's have happening? Yeah, we can show the computer and show computer and the ship's computer cool. move the story along. They have controls programmed into them that are all networked. Oh, so neat. when you push the button to go to warp That's speed, great. if you don't have enough power in the engines, it won't let you do it. So yeah, we Does can it? make that noise too if we have to. <laughs> yes, but can you do the Kobayashi Maru? We yes. have pulled that one off. Have, have you? You've, you've taken on the Kobayashi Maru? We write our own stories there, actually. Do we really? do have some where the only way the kids can be successful or the yeah. crew can be successful is to sacrifice themselves. So it's kind of, you oh, know, cool. die or let everyone else die. So we try oh. to come up with some kind of moral dilemma where they have to decide like what the that. right choice is. I like that. It is so cool to see this Did little you know five-year-old you know fifth know grader. I knew, I knew some of it. Julie and I, we've been friends for a while, and you know, she's encouraged and supported me and her, and I'm really yeah, proud Paul's of a great her. Guy. This guy, is this guy's book, are his books any good, Julita? You know what? Right. My is husband he... and my kids think so. <laughs> Every time I pull them out and set them aside so I can read them, yeah. one of my kids says, wow, that looks good, and walks off with it. <laughs> And, you know, I have to go clean out their beds to find it again. So, yes, they're on my list to read, but I don't know whose bed they're hiding in right now. I'm so behind on my reading, too. I love it. I love it. Of course, they're great. We know they're great. Uh, okay, so but let's talk a little bit about your writing, because, you, you know, you scribble a few uh, words here and there. Yeah, I do. I've got <laughs> my first novel came out last December. That's yeah, Nexus hey, where Point. where is that? It's where a okay. space yeah. opera. There we go. I got my copy here. So a great adventure story, science fiction. Uh, Jolita Space Opera is in my middle name. Well, sort of. Uh, it's not really my Dicky Space Opera Shannon is uh, who I, I grew uh, up reading. Uh, I grew up reading. Uh, Paul and I were talking off air. We were talking about. I grew up reading uh, like Tom Swift Jr., mm -hmm. uh, which then translated into the local library. Which when I, I ran out of books, they only had twenty-five sci-fi books in there when I was a kid. That was it, and I read them all. And then I went to the used bookstore. And I grew up in Springfield, Massachusetts. I used to get on my bike, ride from West Springfield across the bridge, down to the Johnson's Bookstore. Huge, huge place. Wooden floors. You'd walk up these giant stairs. And the smell, right? It smelled. I mean, yeah. it was great. All these old paperbacks. Yeah. It was just great. And that's why I started buying these uh, sci-fi paperbacks for 10 cents a piece. And they were great. It was so... And you know, oh, yeah. you know who became one of my first space opera heroes was E.E. E. Doc Smith. Yes. Edward E. Smith. 
the Lensman series, one of the most fabulous sci-fi series ever written. Just great. It's a little bit dated now. I mean, because the Science Fiction Book Club recently released them in hardback. Did they redo them? Yes, oh, I own them. Oh, that's cool. Oh, you do? Great books. Yeah, Triplanetary, brilliant. And then uh, Galactic Patrol for for Stage Lensman, all that stuff, man. It was a great. Mm -hmm. Why nobody has ever, you know, made it into a? They'd have to update it now because it was written like what early fifties or late forties or something. Well, you know, that's one of the charm of those reading those books is it's like a window into that era. Yeah. Um, I've got the Isaac Asimov's Lucky Stars series. I don't know that one. I read the Robots Foundation. Oh, that's great space opera. Is it? Yes, really you got good? the big buff hero who yeah. goes around Lucky Star and his is sidekick. That, is that his name? Lucky yes. Star? Lucky Star. He <laughs> oh, goes God. around, you know, saving all sorts of different people. That's prima donna song. Um, yeah. I love that. Okay, we're going into a break. Jolita Clegg and Paul Janice both here for this hour. And uh, let's see, maybe we can do like something like dueling author quiz or something. I'm not sure. We'll, we'll try to do something fun here in just a second. On Sector 5 Radio on a Saturday night, AM 630 K-Talk or ktalk any place on the planet. We appreciate it because a lot of places on the planet do like to tune in on Saturday night. We appreciate that, too. We're in Salt Lake City. It's 1017. I am Dickie Shannon. Be right back after this. Dex, I have a toothache, but it'll probably just go away on its own. Are you sure? I can find you the perfect dentist in your neighborhood, rated by users like you. I don't like dentists, and I'm not sure where my phone book is. Well, that's not a problem. We can use my snazzy new DexKnows.com website, more targeted than before with tons of local listings. Oh, sounds great. But I have a dial-up modem, and I have a nights and weekends plan, so we probably... Not to worry. Now Dex is also a mobile app, so you can use it anywhere, anytime. We can find you a dentist right away within a few blocks. That's, uh, great. But I think the battery on my mobile phone is low, so as much as I totally love to do this... I know three places nearby where you can get a spare battery. I really think you should look at that tooth. All right. But I hate reading old magazines and waiting rooms. But what do you say we find a bookstore first so I'll have something to read? And I could use a haircut. Uh-huh. The most complete local info in the book at DexKnows.com and on your mobile device. Dex knows. Everybody was Kung Fu fighting. Have you ever wanted to learn real Chinese Kung Fu? Then welcome to the world of the Kung Fu Masters at Monkwise Martial Arts Academy, Salt Lake's premier Kung Fu training centers. With over 30 years combined experience, Adam Woolsey and his expert staff are Salt Lake's only martial arts academy that focuses on real Chinese Kung Fu, just like you've seen in the new Karate Kid movie. This Saturday is the grand opening of the newest Monkwise, 8576 South Redwood Road in West Jordan, behind the Amore Animal Hospital. The new Monkwise has nearly 3,000 square feet of training space, more than enough room to teach Chinese Kung Fu, along with Tai Chi, fitness programs, and a wide array of weapons, including broadswords, spears, staff, chain whips, and more. Learn from the Chinese Kung Fu masters at Monkwise. Their grand opening is this Saturday, 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. Traditional Lion Dance at 1230. Monkwise, 8576 South Redwood Road. Real Chinese Kung Fu. 877-722-3947. 877-722-3947. Monkwise. Play Utah's best golf courses and save up to 60% off golf every time you play. That's right, save up to 60% off every time you tee it up on Utah's best golf courses. VIP Golf USA is Utah's best way to play and golf for less, even on weekends and holidays. Call VIP Golf USA at 888-784-7465. That's 888-784-7465. Or look them up on the web at VIPGolfUSA.com. Join VIP Golf USA and save every time you play. 
now back to Sector 5. with Dickie Shannon and uh, Paul Janess, author and uh, cardiac uh, stress unit. What is that? Cardiac attack unit. Uh, cardiac. I work in it's in a telemetry unit. A telemetry cardiac unit. unit. So That's I'm it. Okay. A, I'm a cardiac nurse. A nurse. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm the guy who runs the code blue and tells someone else to do CPR there and then go. push the drugs See, and then I love that. stick tubes into people. Oh man, what a cool job. No. Uh, that's right. <laughs> that. Angelina. When they Clay. know what they're doing. <laughs> But if they don't, somebody has somebody to step has in. Step in and stick a tube in there. Uh, Jolita Clegg, also an author. We're talking about Nexus Point, the fall of the Altarian Empire, book one. This is her new novel. How do you, how do you get this? I mean, Jolita, how do you get your book? Because uh, you said it's nice space opera, real fun stuff. Not my kind of stuff. Oh, yeah, you can um, order it online. Okay. Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com. Okay. If you're looking for an ebook version, that's up on Smashwords. If you want a personalized copy, you can order it cool. directly from me on my website. That would be www.nexuspoint.info for the book. Not .com, .info. Nexuspoint. Yeah, nexuspoint.com had been bought out by some business company. They're probably just squatting on it. No, it was some oh, how to build your business like website. Okay. I checked it out. Oh, so, you, you know, okay. I've people. got nexuspoint.info. Real people. Okay, we were doing a kind of a little uh, a little check, a uh, uh, Star Trek, Star Wars check. And, Paul, you said you actually liked Star Wars a while back. Right? First, first three Star Wars movies, totally loved them. And then the next right. three mm. kind of ruined it a little bit mm. for me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, amazing, you know, amazing, amazing uh, cinema and special effects and stuff, but not, yeah, not heartwarming in any way, sense of the Lucas word. Lucas probably know. shouldn't yeah. have written the, the last three. Yeah, we could we could have all skipped the last three and still been happy, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. I, I know everybody was, was as long as I get the Millennium Falcon, I'm happy. <laughs> okay, Jolita, uh, Star Wars or Star Trek? Classic Trek. Classic Trek. Okay, so now let's get around to this reboot. A summer ago, next movie is in the works. The second one, I I haven't heard any buzz about what the the the, the plot is or anything. Second one is going to be out, I think, next year. Uh, so, did you like the reboot of Star Trek, you guys? I thoroughly enjoyed it, despite plot holes, despite time travel, yeah. despite geriatric Star Trek actors still showing up in the movies. <laughs> I still enjoyed it. Well, it was Nimoy. Well, I mean, it, how it, can you go wrong? It did have a purpose, though. I mean, it wasn't just... Sort of. Yeah. I, I loved it. I, I think that was one of the best movies I saw all year. I give it a 10 out of 10. You know, the, I have almost no quibbles about it. Uh, the purists, I'm really sorry. I got into some online discussions with people about did, it. Did people start yelling at you? They didn't, they didn't yell at me, but I felt like I, like I was on a few uh, message groups where everybody was just slamming on it. And I was like, look, if you guys are quibbling about a movie this fantastic, you've got other issues in your life. 
life that you need to look at. Because, you know, we can quibble about anything, but oh my God, that is going to save the Star Trek franchise for the next generation of us so that who want to watch it. Because if we didn't have this movie, it would have died a, a, a horrible death. There was nothing left anymore. They, they kind of squeezed everything out of it, you know, when they did all those series and they ended up with Enterprise. And you're always going to have those DVDs yeah. and movies to go back yeah. and watch if you don't want to watch the yeah. new stuff. But the new generation doesn't want to watch that old generation. Yeah, no offense. No offense. I grew. I mean, my original Star Trek guys. I grew up with them in the '60s, and Star Trek was a wonderful. That was a really wonderful time. Yeah, and the polyester really cool. is a bit dated, though. Yeah, I know. But I did like the new characters they brought in, or the way they re-envisioned the characters in the movie. You know what's cool? You know what's cool for me, though, you guys, is is it, when it comes to classic Trek, is when I watched it. I watched it. Yes. Forbid me to say this, I watched it on a black and white television. <laughs> <laughs> of course you did. It's not like everybody has color TVs now. It's not like a big deal, but it, it, I, Captain Proton, you remember? Th- no, you guys are all too young. But I, rem- I remember when color TV was like, holy cow, there's a color TV in his house. It's like mm-hmm. It was like that. It was that amazing. It was like when people got microwave ovens or whatever. All that came along. Now it's home just computers. A, yeah, home computer. Well, that wasn't so long ago either. When we think about it, when people started piling those PCs at home, so it was. So what was cool for me was back then. Then it got to the seventies and it rebirthed. Remember how yes. it rebirthed because they did all mm-hmm. the reruns, the movies, and, and they the became huge. Yeah, and that's when I finally got to see them in color. And, oh you know, wow! It had all those bright colors in it. It was great. You know, the red shirts oh, yes. and the blue shirts, and the sets were all painted with you know like primary. Colors and stuff. Oh, it was a total sixties drug trip on oh, some yeah. of those episodes. It was. Okay. I loved it. So I want you, Jalita, I want you to challenge we're gonna do this. Challenge Paul with a classic Star Trek question. Challenge Paul. Wow. Classic Ooh. Star Trek question. Let's see if he can do it. Let's see if he can do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let yeah. me think here. Okay. What's the name of the episode where they get held hostage in a mental criminal facility? I don't know. Sorry. Oh man. I don't think I'm gonna. I don't think I'm gonna win with episodes. I'm not gonna win with like names of episodes. Okay. I don't think I Even I can't remember the name. I can't remember the title. I only remember it because it was such a cool one. I had to write it down. What was that? Was a dagger of the mind. Dagger of the mind. That was a good one. Okay, I can think. I can name one episode. Go ahead. Trouble with Tribbles. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. That's it. I think that's the only one I know. Uh, you know there, there's a screenshot of that where at the very end, Kirk is standing there in the pile of Tribbles, and he's just holding one. And I couldn't resist turning it into a poster for work this summer. <laughs> wow. So at the bottom of it, I put, got milk. <laughs> <laughs> got Tribbles. That's awesome. He just looks like he's ready to eat this Tribble, but, you know, he doesn't have his milk to go with it. Yeah, well, you, you, have have to, anyway. you have to dunk him. The totally. <laughs> it's like a, they're like Oreos. At our house, they've decided that, that Tribbles are just guinea pigs that have evolved past the need to have, you know, eyes and feet and anything else. I guess that's, yeah. Cause they, you know, the funny thing is when you think about that, go back to that episode, at least, and I can picture it in my mind, most people can who are Star Trek fans, is those stupid, silly things. They never actually moved. They never did anything. All you heard was this. They, they did yeah. crawl a little bit, and they make little guinea pig noises, yeah. the, the cooing, and so, so except ha- when the Klingons walk in. Oh, they don't like Klingons, don't oh, they? Oh, no. What and I love the bar the fight in that episode. Did That's one of the best. 
I forgot. What did they do when Klingons came in? They, didn't they, they squeal. Make, they scream. Really high-pitched squeal, and the actor kind of, you know, waved it around a little bit to make it look like <laughs> it was rearing up on its back end or something. I don't know. And that was the, that was the Scotty bar, bar fight one, wasn't oh, it? Oh, yes. Yeah, that was the Scotty. That's where they insulted the Enterprise, so Scotty had yeah, to beat the Klingons yeah. up. Yeah. Yes, yeah, they could interpri- yeah, They like could, that. you know, insult Kirk all they wanted. But when yeah, it came to care. insulting his <laughs> ship, yeah, it's 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 yeah, fist and FaceTime. Yeah, that's right. Well, you know, he is Scottish, and that's why he's Scottish is because Scottish Scots and their machines. Ra da 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 da. Right, <laughs> traditional. Does that play a role when you guys write? Because, folks, let me tell you, Paul Janess, Jalita Clegg, both authors. Nexus Point uh, is uh, Jalita's latest. Paul has written the Iron Dragon series. Just want to update you guys on who we're talking to tonight, in case you just joined us. Uh, and they're both a blast. They're having a lot of fun with these guys. So, um, where was I going with this? Let me ask. Let me ask uh, Jalita a question because you want to ask. Sure, Jalita, I do. I do. To challenge she, me here. Well, it's it's okay. Well, Go ahead. well it's your show, Jalita. Here. The main character in your book, Nexus Point, yeah. Dace. Was she inspired by someone um, in any of the Star Trek episodes or books that you've read? Like, what? What's no. your inspiration for Dace? Because she's have... like a total kick butt type gal. Yeah, she is, but she's got a lot of her own problems. You know, I think my biggest inspiration for that was probably reading too many Andre Norton books. Oh, oh. I love Andre Norton. Totally. Which world? She was yeah. my favorite. Was great, Andre time. Norton and Elizabeth Moon. Elizabeth yeah. Moon. I love both of their stuff. What did stuff. Liz write? I, I, um, she's got several space opera series out. You should check it out. What is all this space opera I don't know about? What's going on? Um, there's, there's the Harris Serrano series about a starship captain, and she's getting too old, so she retires and flies this yacht for this really rich, eccentric <laughs> lady and hates her life until she starts realizing what's really going on. Uh, um, and then she's got a young adult series, The Vada's War. Okay. Well, I'll have sure. to look that they're, up. They're both very, very good series. I, I like that. Elizabeth Moon. I love that. We're getting a signal to go to break, so we're going to be back in just a second. Uh, more excitement, more fun on Sector 5 Radio tonight. I am Dickie Shannon. Thanks for listening to AM630, KTalk or KTalk-.com. Thank you. Don't forget about our Facebook page. We'd love to have you become one of our friends. I want to be your friend, please, at Facebook. Or you can go to Sector5Radio.com because uh, somebody's uh, usually hanging out there. Spacey Day is usually you know, posting pictures from Saturday night. We'll be back in just a second here on Sector 5. Thanks for tuning in. This is Nine the Computer Girl from PC Laptops. Did you know we could fix and upgrade any brand of computer? In fact, we're so super duper at it that if we can't fix or upgrade your computer, we'll buy it from you. A lot of times, just a little bit more memory, hard drive, or a quick tune-up to remove all the evil stuff can make your computer feel fresh and new. Cool, huh? Our prices annihilate all of those nerdy team people. And here's the great news. Bring in your computer, no matter what brand it is. We'll run a scan on your computer for free. Just mention this ad and the scan is 100% free. Free, free, free. So get into any of our nine locations right now. Or call us at 1-877-596-SAVE. Or check us out at PCLaptops.com. And to make it extra fluffy, we're doing zero down, zero interest for up to a year on any new computer. OAC, interest is accrued during promotional period and minimum payment required. Get into PC laptops right now before it's too late because we love you. Any contractor can sell a heating and cooling system. At Just Right Heating and Cooling, we install comfort systems. With a comfort system, every room is guaranteed to be the same comfortable temperature you desire. Throughout your home, a Just Right Heating and Cooling comfort system will assure you the maximum efficiency and capacity you deserve. You'll experience the highest air quality in your home without the drafts or stagnant air. 
Just Right Heating and Cooling is Air Balance certified by the National Balancing Institute. We're the perfectionists in the sale of the heating and cooling equipment and installation. There is no substitute. Before you regret the purchase of an inferior system, you'll want to compare the Just Right Heating and Cooling Comfort System. Quality and service guaranteed unmatched in the industry. Call today for a free no-obligation introduction to the Comfort System. 801-295-2066. Our knowledgeable, friendly representatives will gladly provide you with an estimate. 801-295-2066. Have you lost money in the stock market? Did your broker make you broker? Did your broker not fully explain the risk in your portfolio? Do you feel they did not have your best interest in mind? At ACON & Associates, we focus in providing confidence and peace of mind to businesses and individuals alike. If you've been wronged in the market or by the broker, call ACON & Associates for a free consultation. Call 801-854-1200. 801 854 801-854-1200. 1200. It's time now to return to Sector 5 with Chief Security Officer Dickie Shannon. to get Saturday night underway here at Sector 5 Radio. What a beauty. We had a beautiful sunset tonight. It's gorgeous here in Salt Lake City. Thanks for listening, or uh, thanks for listening to k-talk.com, any place on the planet. We appreciate that. I thought I'd uh, play that one there by the Kinks. You really got me, girl. I want to read this little uh, bookmark that came along with uh, Jolita's book, Nexus Point, Fall of the Altarian Empire, Book 1, Stranded on a Primitive World. Facing death at the hands of the natives. Betrayed by her crew, with drug smugglers hunting her, Captain Dace has one hope of rescue. Is that too Cronkite? Convince the patrol agent trying to kill her she's innocent. Okay. Enough radio stuff. Good to have you guys here tonight. <laughs> Thank you. you. Good also. to be here, Nick. Thank you very much, Paul Genestu, uh author of the uh, Iron Dragon series. Hey, it's a two for guys. You get uh, two great authors for one. So let's talk about Nexus Point. And you, you were saying uh, during the commercial break there that you have like what, what, eight hundred books in the series? Are just like huge. <laughs> Not quite that many. There's eleven <laughs> in the series, and okay. I do have a contract for all of them. Wow! Wow! So they will all be coming out, and I can also promise you, I am not one of those authors who just like you know stops the story at some point and says that's one book. Yeah. No, each book is a complete story, beginning, oh. middle, end. Okay. Except Good. for maybe the last one. The last one probably wouldn't make sense unless you read all the <laughs> others. But yeah, most of the rest should be pretty much standalone. Okay. All right. But but do you suggest? I mean, you know what? Oh, of course I suggest you buy them all and read them of in order. Of course you do. Yes, of course. Uh, and and let's talk about your 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 heroine, your your uh, protagonist, Captain Dace. What uh, what was your inspiration for Captain Dace? Who who is she? Who is she? No, not oh, you, you, Captain Proton. <laughs> Proton, stop. Not it. Captain Proton. No, no man. but dude, put your hand up. Good. Well, it's it's hard to say. She was just one of those characters that was kicking around the back of my head and just really 
Issue. I sat down to write her story, and this is what happened. Well, what do we got? Do we have an anti-hero here kind of uh, chick? I mean, um, you know, what is she Well, like? the first book, actually, a lot of the characters keep popping up in later books. Oh, so okay. if you've read the first book, that's kind of that's why it's the nexus point. It's the beginning point for the uh, whole story. Okay. Um, and a lot of the main players that come in later on in the series are introduced in this. Ah, so, okay. One of the villains in this book, though, she gives me the absolute creeps. Show me Spardwee. She's actually a drug smuggler who's posing as a researcher on this planet. Oh, I gave it away. That's one of them. Oh, man. So there's several other Spoiler. researchers on the planet that, you know, some I'm just of them looking are good, at the pretty plants. I, I'm just looking at the plants. That's all I'm doing. I'm just here to study the culture. <laughs> no, I'm not messing with anything. You know, do, do, you know what, what would you say, or do, is there an exact date that this is set in, or is there a, in your mind? or is there It's a, one a of those in, in a galaxy far, 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 far away. away kind of things. Okay. Yeah. So, do they, do no, have... Earth isn't part of it. I call them humans just oh, because it's easy. Because it's, yeah. So we, we know exactly. We can relate to that, you know. Yeah, well, they are they are pretty much human. There's a pretty few odd. other alien species. Yeah. Book two has another alien species that comes into it. They're a lot of fun. Okay, so they're seven to eight foot tall lizards. Oh, I love I I love like lizard people. Oh I yes, love, and Dace great. gets on the wrong side of them real lizard fast. Lizard people are cool. Uh, are they? Do, they don't have any kind of like illegal immigration problem <laughs> or. Well, you know, the you know, Empire... healthcare, healthcare problems or issues or anything like <laughs> uh, that, do they? Healthcare they for do. all lizards. <laughs> <laughs> the lizards, no. If if you're sick, they just take you out in the desert and kill you. <laughs> Feed you to their young. Zap. You know, we're good. Like <laughs> Very but cost effective. It is. It is. If One the, bullet. Yeah, there, well, I've often said if Captain Proton doesn't behave himself, we're going to take him out toward, you know, in between here and Wendover. I'll do it. And, oh, uh, I know a good place. <laughs> oh, you got a good place to dump you, the body. You never find the body. <laughs> I do a lot of rack hounding out in that area. Yeah. Oh, okay. I know where the good stuff's buried. <laughs> That's great. Okay, so a little bit more. She uh, she is, uh, is she in, a member of the Space Patrol? Is she part of that? Or no. Is she just a, a solo? This, the Alteran Empire yeah. is this, it's huge, thousands of planets. It really depends on which planet you grew up on as to what kind of opportunities you have. Oh, okay. Um, she okay. happened to grow up on a backwards one, and for s there's, there's a bit in there about her father was a member of the patrol, even though they were not supposed to have contact on the planet. That's, that's a later book where you get the full oh, story okay. Okay. on that. But, so she grew up as an orphan on this planet. Oh, yeah, orphan. but at some point, yeah, she's also the daughter of, you know, this big resistance movement leader. Ooh. So uh, they're surprised they let her see? live. There yeah, there's go. a lot going on with her. There you go. Yeah, we don't want to spoil it. You get this whole story in the, in the later books, but yeah. Yeah. Um, for this one, she's not a member of the patrol, but the way they do things is if you want to get into space, you want to be a pilot, you want to be a navigator, <laughs> any of that, you go to the patrol <laughs> academy. There you go. That's the premier place to get the training. And because of her patrol connection, she was accepted to the academy. She graduated from it. So this book mm -hmm. takes place just a couple months after she's graduated. She's managed to buy herself a ship, okay. wants to set up as an independent captain with her own trade route, and... She sounds like yeah. a sleeper agent. I like it. Oh, you have no idea what's going to happen. <laughs> Especially after her crew double-crosses her and blows up oh, the ship man. in the first chapter. Man. It's a pretty, it's a pretty cool first chapter. I've yeah, it's it's a pretty fast-paced okay. book. Lots of action, I lots like of that. fight scenes, it's lots my, of chase scenes. Love it, my kind of book. Lots of beat-up scenes, you know. Oh, I love that. Hey, I even have a torture scene with hot iron pokers. 
Wow, you are my cool, new man. hero. That's, man. that's chapter I, two. Oh, I love. Okay. If you torture Hello, dogs, you, you right. have me. You got me. <laughs> Tortured dogs. <laughs> they don't have dogs in the Altarian Empire. They, no, I do that in some of my short stories, though. Dude, <laughs> I just finished one. I have to find a market for it. But it's about me? Lassie. Could you tell me more about the hot pokers and the chicks beating on each other? Oh, it's not chicks. Sorry, it's Dace getting beat up. So this is before she knows the language they speak on the planet, so oh, she has I no see, idea okay. what they're doing, and it's the, this baron on the planet, and he's a really creepy, scary guy. I based him off the governor and swashbuckler, if you've ever seen that movie. I Old, know. old pirate movie. I he was do, like the I governor of Jamaica, and he was remember. a total pervert. Wore black leather and <laughs> had his slave army and... <laughs> I love that movie too. I do. I do pirate movies too. Uh, I like you know when it comes to pirate movies. My favorite pirate movie. I know. Don't say Jack Sparrow, please. Don't say that. Cutthroat Island. Cutthroat Island. What a great movie. Gina, Gina Davis, Davis kicks butt. Thank you. Thank you. I brought that up. Uh, I think it was at Conduit. There was a panel going. I think the, it was the panel with Larry and, and John D. Brown on. Yeah. And I brought that up. I was in there. and said, oh, what about Cutthroat Island? <laughs> it's like everybody kind of looked at me like, huh? What? And there was a guy, there was a guy who remembered it. Uh, I enjoyed Cutthroat Island. I make my Island. kids watch that at least once a year. <laughs> <laughs> it was, Muppet it was Treasure fun. Island's my other favorite pirate movie. Oh, Muppet Treasure Island's great. They have great songs. That. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah, it's really fun. You know, and, and I think, you we know what? put the rat in pirate. And you know what? <laughs> you know what? You know, the, the old saying, you guys, timing is everything. It really, truly is. Because, I mean, you think, you know, Cutthroat Island got really raked over by the, the critics, right? Yeah. Spent tons of money on the movie. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, and it's like, oh, what's so stupid and how terrible. Actually, it was very entertaining, very well done. Gina Davis was great as this, you know, pirate chick. And she did kick butt, and it was a very exciting, fun movie. So what and happens? And it had a cute monkey. And it had a cute monkey. So what happens? You know, five years later, or whatever, six, you know, out comes you know Jack Sparrow and the Pirates of the Caribbean, and all everybody. Gina loves Davis so wasn't cool. drunk enough. That was the problem. Well, well, Math Matthew Modine <laughs> was the was was the the male character in the movie, but he he was not the lead. Gina was the lead. She was the lead. She you was know, the star. She was the star. Oh, she was totally the she star. She was the star. Matthew Modine yeah. was was good, but you know Jack Sparrow. The writing in Pirates of the Caribbean was so fantastic. Cutthroat Island, the first movie, yeah. yeah, it got a little. It wasn't maybe as great of writing. It started to devolve as it went yeah. along, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the first one was fun. I, I, mm -hmm. I agree. It was really cool and very fun. And Jerry Bruckheimer is a great producer. The writers, uh, Ted Ross and somebody Elliot. Uh, sorry, Elliot. <laughs> Sorry about that, guys. I read an interview with them in Screenwriter Magazine. Great guys. And they, and they talked about how they wrote the movie and stuff like that. And, and they did a great job. But I can't believe that they, you know, that you look at that, and yes, it was great. He did a Keith Richards. Okay, fine. Cool. And he has a lot of makeup on. Cool. But Johnny Depp, women love Johnny Depp and makeup. What can I say? Uh, but I, I thought uh, that uh, compared to Cutthroat Island, it wasn't all that much better. I don't think so. Yeah, okay. It was another good pirate movie. Never mind. Okay. Here, you're on Sector 5 on AM 630 K-Talk and K-Talk-Dash.com. I'm Dickie Shannon. Thanks for listening. Buckwild Mechanical Bulls here, and we want to give your party some kick. We want to challenge your guests to ride a full-size, genuine mechanical bull. 
We buck them and chuck them at any age and any experience level. Riding a mechanical bull is an opportunity no one can pass up. We control the bull so we can take you slow and easy or rock the spurs right off your boots. Our 16 by 16 foot landing pad and experienced operators make the ride as safe as possible. Complete with a PA system to announce riders and entertain crowds. We have the darndest hooting and hollering set up in town. At Buckwild Mechanical Bulls we entertain everything from company parties to good old church gatherings. We guarantee to have the lowest rates and most energetic crew in the state. We know any reason's a good reason to have a mechanical bull. So call us today at 359-0440 and we'll make a believer out of you. Remember, that number is 359-0440. Buckwild Mechanical Bulls. Give your party some kick. 359-0440. We have to be strong to deal with the possibilities of a financial crisis. My plan to invest our state reserves in gold can make us billions of dollars and solve our state's financial woes. The world has changed. We must decrease the size of our government and eliminate liberal programs. I'm Richard Martin and as your governor you will see significant changes. Republican delegates, I seek your vote. Paid for by the Richard Martin for Governor campaign. And now we return to Sector 5. You're with Sector 5 Radio, Saturday night. I am Dickie Shannon. Thank you. 1045 here in Salt Lake City. And uh, hopefully uh, you have the time wherever you are, because I don't know where you are. I can't tell you what time it is. Sorry. K-talk.com. Thanks for listening. Don't forget about K-talk on Facebook. We're on Facebook. It's true. And so is Sector 5. Sector 5, you can be a friend of Sector 5 Radio on Facebook. Just punch it in. Sector 5 Radio, Sector5Radio.com. All those places are, that's really where we live, but none of us really are real. We're just virtual people. We're voices floating in the ether. Ladies and gentlemen, okay, we're back with our guest tonight uh, for our last break here for another, you know, 10, 12 minutes or so. Paul Janess, author of the Iron Dragon series, and also Julita Clay. And I want to, Julita, I want to get back here real quick because I want everybody to know about uh, the Christopher Call of Space Education Center. So tell us all again where that is because, you know, when you're not writing about, you know, kick butt. Uh, female heroines in danger who have ray guns and stuff. You're helping people learn things at the uh, Space Education Center. And where's that again? It's located in Pleasant Grove inside Central Elementary School. Cool. If you go to spacecamputah.org, you can learn a lot more about us there. Spa- what is it again? Space- Spacecamputah.org. Dot .org, okay. Very good. That's it. That's cool. So who were your, uh, we never got around to asking you, we, we talked to Paul earlier, who were your greatest influences? Did you have, uh, you know, some writers that you really, you know, you really, did. did you like, are you like me? Did you like space opera? I mean, was that one of your I favorite did. genres? Andre Norton is my all-time favorite science fiction author. No kidding. But Isaac Asimov, Jack Chalker, Larry Niven, Jerry Purnell. Oh, Chalker. Nobody's ever, you know what? All the authors we've had. Oh, I, I guess his I, Well of Souls. I well loved of that Soul series. Soul, the, yeah, the Soul Rider series. Also the uh, the Four Diamonds, or a five, was it Four Diamonds, Five Diamonds? Brilliant. Uh, con- Did you read that one? No, I didn't. A, it was mostly The Well of Souls because that's what I could find at our local library. The Well of Souls was excellent. What, what, Nathan what's the Brazil. deal with Chalker? He just kind of, uh, he, he, he just kind of retire? I don't know. Did he die? I mean, 
I don't know. I'll have I don't to see Google him new. find out. Google Jack. Uh, because I thought he was great. The Diamond th- series I thought was brilliant because it had to do th- with this guy. Would you stop making faces, Proton? It had to be distracting. Captain had to Proton do with this is guy. taking over my brain. Yeah, there's he this. He wants me to say man of steel, woman of Kleenex, but I don't think so. It's woman of steel, man of Kleenex. Yeah. Girly man. <laughs> I'm going to wipe the floor with you, girly man. It's from N-Space. It's very vivid, and it's like one of the best little uh, storage stores. Right. Okay. Did you know Larry Niven has the most entertaining sweater collection? <laughs> no, that's we a, had him down trivia. at Provo as a guest that's at, at a local okay. convention once, sweater. and his sweaters were just, they were incredibly entertaining. Did they have li- little people in them? They're animals? better than Lee Modisitz's vests. Really? They, wow. they, they were very, very colorful. That would be the nice way Do to put it. Do they have little creatures and stuff all over them, like knitted on them or something? Uh, like, blobs? Uh, amoebas? Of colors? Amoebas? <laughs> Wait a he second. He was a very, very nice man. Okay. He really was. It's like 1969. I liked He's one of my... One of my heroes. Okay, that's very cool. All right. Uh, I wanted to tell you about the chocolate. If you ever see it, I don't even know it's in print anymore. Maybe you can find it someplace. It's the, the, the Lord of the Four Diamonds or something. I can't remember. Basically, it's about these four or five planets. And this guy is a kind of like a secret agent. <clears throat> and he's sent to infiltrate because he has to go to each one of these worlds. And he's, he's basically dumped on these worlds. And he has to figure out how to, you know, that's his, that's his job. Figure out how to get to the bad guys, get the bad guys, change everything on the planet. And then that planet then is no longer able to be, um, I don't know, be commandeered by the, the evildoers. Let me just put it that way. But every planet is different. Every world has its own unique flavor. It's totally, totally a different place. And, and uh, I mean, vastly different. Like... You know, deserty with talking wind and stuff like. I mean, it's just all this weird stuff. It's just great. It's a great series. He's a very clever great. guy. I'll have to look it up. Very clever guy. So I like him too. And the Well of Souls uh, uh, was a great series as well as the Soul Rider series, which I thought was really cool because it had to do like with the Seven Gates and all that. Very neat. Uh, so one of your heroes, Jack Chalker, and who was else? And who else was it? I, I lost my train of... Oh, Andre Norton, Elizabeth I, I Moon. Andre Norton. How about you, Paul? Did you like any of the same people that... Uh, Andre Norton, I, I read like a bunch of Witch World books when I yeah. was... I'm not sure yeah. how old, like probably sixth grade or fifth yeah, grade or something. Her space opera was, was better than her fantasy. Her Witch yeah. World was her best fantasy, though. That, that was a great was cool. series. Yeah. yeah, I liked that. Yeah. For me, Terry Brooks started me after Tolkien and Stephen R. Donaldson, who wrote the Thomas Covenant books. Mm-hmm. And then I just started devouring the Dragonlance books when Dragon I was like 12 yeah. or 13. Yeah. Yeah. You know? uh, yeah, I've read those so two. So I'm, I'm, I'm way... Tracy Hickman, Margaret Weiss. Right, exactly. Great team. Who's going to be okay. here next week, by the way? Who's going to be here next week, Captain Proton? Tracy Hickman. Tracy Hickman. So Tracy wow. Hickman. Mr. Wow. Hickman is a, is a wow. very nice man. Amazing. I've had the, yes. the privilege of meeting him many times and um, hanging out a little bit. And I was on a panel with him a few times. And I'm the moderator of the panel. And, you know, and there's you know, Mr. Hickman next to me. And I can't call him Tracy. I just call him Mr. Hickman. <laughs> I'll you call know? him Tracy. I know. I know. But it's my thing. My husband it's, used sorry. to do D&D with him many, many yeah. years ago. He, he grew up in Provo. I, I I love him. He's he's great. So he's a great guy. He's one of my heroes. Do you guys do? I mean, you know, okay, we we sort of got here in the Hickman and, and Dungeons and Dragons. Do you guys do uh, RPG and do you do like video games and stuff like that? Are you into that at all? Some a little bit. A little bit. I try not to s- as much as I used to be. You just don't yeah. have the time to do it. 
It does. It does take time. I try to stay away stuff. from uh, video games because I really like them and they're awesome. So I don't play them because it would suck up way too much of my time. Uh, as far as role playing games, yeah. I grew up gaming. That was like definitely you know a part of a part of my life where I could create these big epic stories yep. and then watch my friends play them out. Now I don't have a lot of time for gaming, but I do game once a month, and I help. It helps me with my writing. It's just, it's just so much fun. You know, a book. You write a story in a book, okay? And like two years later, the stupid thing comes out. You know, uh, you, you write a if game. You're lucky, yeah. You write a game, and yeah. you know, the next day you're, you're you're seeing how the story actually, you know, maybe works. Yeah. And you're trying out new techniques, and it, it's it really kind of keeps it fresh and fun for me. I think it's like stand-up comedians doing stand-up comedy they get this immediate instant gratification that's right from it that's why jerry seinfeld likes the tour you know that's mm -hmm. why they do that mm -hmm. and for writing you know that's kind of how it is for me whereas a novel god it's like making a movie if you're a, if you're you know jerry seinfeld the movie comes out two years later and you know you're you're over it by the time it comes out and they want you to promote it <laughs> that's right and i don't well, know how, i'm not sure how these actor these actually actors do it right they're in like some <clears throat> pardon me some of them have uh two or three projects going on at the same time in different stages of development or they're acting in one and then they're out promoting the one they finished like especially the animated stuff because yeah. like i saw jason siegel on the other night he's uh, one of the voices in despicable me he was on leto and that's something he did like two years ago right mm -hmm. it's like and now he's it's out hard promoting. to keep the enthusiasm going when you're yeah. mo you've moved on to other projects. It's just bizarre. I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you do it. How do you guys do it? How do you guys you know, write all this stuff? You've already got all these books written out, right? I all do have the whole series written. I just have to edit them. But you know what? I like yeah. the characters so much. And I haven't read them myself for several years now. Right, right. So when I go back to edit, I'm discovering how good it is all over again. I just finished doing the initial edit for draft for book two. And it was fun. I forgot how much fun I had writing that, because that was a long time ago. I, You know, I have the same feeling when I read my movie scripts. Hello, producers listening tonight to Sector 5. I have movie scripts. Thank you very much. Um, I always put a plug in. It's, it never works. Nobody ever calls. <laughs> uh, you let me down, Proton. April 1st. April 1st? What? April 1st. All right. Okay. All right. I'm losing control here. we got about, I don't know, five minutes, four minutes, or whatever here left. I want to throw it open to you guys. I want you guys to talk about every uh, whatever you want to talk about and, and plug whatever you want to plug. Paul, go first. Go ahead. You asked about, you know, how do you keep up the enthusiasm yeah. for it? And um, I don't know exactly because you lose the enthusiasm if you're human. You know, I am not a machine. You know, I just can't, I can't do it sometimes. I have to work on something else. I, I, I don't. I don't like not finishing something. I want to finish it. Right. Sometimes, though, you know, if you start a book or, a, you know, an 11-book series like Jolita, it's kind of rough to finish that and to get the, all the editing done. Like she said, her editing's not done. Same thing with me. You know, I've got this five-book series, and my editing's not done on book three, four, well, and five. I've still got ten years to finish the editing. <laughs> oh, you got a ten-year contract? That's right. Wow. One book a year. No, I love it. I love it. So, so for me, you know, I'm 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 thanking God for the short story projects that come along because I, you know, an editor mm -hmm. will contact me. Usually, it's Daw Books, one of their themed anthologies. You know, they're like in right. all the bookstores in America, so right. it's a really good exposure. That's cool. Yeah. You know, and and uh, they asked me to do. Hey, will you write a steampunk story? Well, yes, I will. Okay. You know, I'd love and to. and I dedicate two weeks or a month of my life, and um, I research the story, and then I write the rough draft, and then finish the story. And oh my God, I am in so in love at some point. 
during this process that right. I just want to write the novel. And I always go to my friends and I'm on the phone. I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to write this steampunk novel called The Nubian Queen. It's my new, new you know, steampunk story. And it's so great. And I'm so excited about it, you know. And, and then I get into writing it and then I call them up and the next phone call is, this thing sucks so bad. It's terrible. You know, the, like dogs wouldn't even go on it if it was on the floor, you know. And, and you go through these these phases, and and rarely in my experience do I have that aha moment where I finish the chapter or the scene or whatever, and mm -hmm. I go, oh my god, this mm -hmm. is great. I almost never have that anymore. But when I have that, mm -hmm. that's the moment that I personally live for. Is that moment where I feel so good about a piece, and I'm like, oh, I can't wait for someone to read this. It is and, nice. And for me, it's not maybe the process so much. Mm -hmm. I love having the book done and out, and I'm connecting with people. That's that's what the golden cord really is. It's a connection. That's that's what I'm all about is is connecting with readers and writers are my heroes and you know I want to be somebody's hero and I want to show them something. I want to take them somewhere. I want to you know open their mind a little bit or you know just s send them on a really fun ride. I like that part. See, uh, you know all this stuff all whether it's movies, books, whatever, it's all about uh our, ra our radio. Why I got into radio um you know in, in the late 60s. Uh, it's because just because it is so fun to, to think you're playing songs that make people happy, just like writing books that make people happy. Julita, mm -hmm. we got about uh, I don't know, a couple minutes. Go ahead. No, I like what you say there, Paul, because the introduction to mine, my editor or the publisher came to me and said, we need you to write an introduction to go in the book. And I said, well, what do you want me to write? I have no clue. And she said, well, just write a letter as if you were introducing this to your friends. So the introduction in mine is, is kind of a letter to the reader about the book. And at the end of it, I basically say, you know, when I started writing this story, and I get to the end of it, and I have that feeling of, no, I don't want it to end yet. That's kind of the reaction I want to get from the reader is, no, I'm having so much fun with these characters. I'm having so much fun with the story that I want it to keep going. And for me, that was kind of the push to go to book yeah. two and write that yeah. and then yes. finish the rest of the yes. series. Yes. And you can tell that. You feel that. You can feel when a writer is feeling the same thing because it comes through in the prose. You can feel when there's the excitement there. Yeah. Yes. I just sold a short story to an anthology that's coming out this fall. Congratulations. Um, the Last Man Anthology. Cool. Yes, it's a serious science fiction. I surprised cool. myself. Right. Cool. Most High of my five. short stories I sell are, are comic horror well, that's so, cool. Okay, I want to get in the uh, contact information uh, for Paul Janese's website. Yeah, just go to uh, pauljanese.com. That's uh, P-A-U-L-G-E-N-E-S-S-E. -S -S -E, or you can just do Iron Dragon series, and you'll find me. I'm all over the Internet. And then don't forget about Dyslexia Tutoring of Utah. If you've got right. kids, you know, snow people, kids, whatever, they're having trouble reading, hook them up with a dyslexia tutor uh, near, near you and uh, help them learn to discover great books. I think it's great. Thank you, Paul Janesse. And, Jolita, how do we uh, you know, reach you? How do we find you? I mean, I know there's a Nexus Point website, right? Yeah, nexuspoint.info. Um, I have my writer's website, which is jolitac.com. That's J-A-L-E-T-A-C.com. That's got links to all my publications that are out. It's got my bio on there. It's got links to Facebook and my blogs and Facebook. recipes and all sorts of fun things. Recipes? Friends. Oh, yeah. I, I post recipes to my blog once a week. Really? And I also have a contract with my publisher for their magazine, Abandoned Towers Magazine. Uh -huh. I do... Uh, dinner menus based off books or movies that they put in their print issues. Oh. She's got a cool blog. The Temple of Doom dinner. <laughs> I love that. that. I love that. You know, my wife has a couple of cookbooks, and, and that's one. We talked about that years ago about doing food from movies, like 
the setups you know that they did for movies and stuff. That's a great idea. Congratulations! Well, I love thanks. that. That's really cool. Eyeball soup is really good. Eyeball oh, monkey brains. <laughs> <laughs> That's where the chilled monkey brains come from. Okay, very good. We're coming to the end. Paul Janess and uh, uh, Jalita Clegg, thank you for being here tonight. Sorry, I'm looking at the two things with uh, my eyes going in different directions, like Peter Falk. You look like know. a chameleon. Yeah, thank you very much. Good to have you here tonight in Second Five. Second Five. Thank you. Great. Thank you very much. All right, there we go. That's the end of the uh, second hour of Sector 5, ladies and gentlemen, tonight. Sector 5 Radio is on the air for another hour. We call it the Geek Hour. After the top of the hour, you know what we're talking the about. The voice of Utah. That's right. The sound of freedom.